Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camero here with episode 224 of the Tudor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone who's in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring, coaching and mentoring. Now, my plan here is to be with you every step of the way as you start, grow and love your tutoring business, whilst hopefully helping you to stay fairly sane and as positive as possible and having a lot more fun in the process of doing what you do so i'm going to keep it simple there'll be no jargon no buzzwords no bs because the bottom line is i want to help you to have as much fun teaching and doing business as i do that means you're going to hopefully make more money make more of a difference to your clients and you're going to stay more positive and in control so on with today's show a week or so ago i was swimming through an old textbook on forensics which it's a career I actually considered as a teenager. And it made me recall an idea of a guy called Edmund Lockard, who was born in 1877, died in 1966, lived in Lyon, France. And he actually started the world's first crime lab. So he's kind of like the Sherlock Holmes of Lyon, as he was sometimes known back then. And he had this great idea, and I'll lean quite heavily on Wikipedia for, for some of this stuff. Lockhart has this principle of exchange, and he holds that the perpetrator of a crime will bring something into the crime scene and leave with something from it, and that both of those things can be used as forensic evidence. Now, Lockhart formulated the basic principle of forensic science as Every contact leaves a trace. And now generally that's understood as with contact between two items, there will be an exchange. Paul Kirk, who's another great forensic writer, wrote in 1953 in a book called Crime Investigation, Physical Evidence in the Police Laboratory, wrote this. Wherever he steps, whatever he touches, whatever he leaves, even unconsciously, will serve as a silent witness against him. Not only his fingerprints or his footprints, but his hair, the fibres from his clothes, the glass he breaks, the tool mark he leaves, the paint he scratches, the blood or semen he deposits or collects, all of these and more bear mute witness against him. This is evidence that does not forget. It's not confused by the excitement of the moment. It's not absent because human witnesses are absent. It is factual evidence. Physical evidence cannot be wrong. It cannot perjure itself and it cannot be wholly absent. Only a human failure to find it, study and understand it can diminish its value. For me, that's very powerful. He goes on to suggest that fragmentary or trace evidence is any type of material left or taken from a crime scene or the result of contact between two surfaces such as shoes and 
the floor covering or the soil, or even fibres from where someone sat on an upholstered chair. And when a crime's committed, fragmentary trace evidence needs to be collected from the scene. So a swarm of police technicians go to the scene, seal it off, they take videos, they take photographs. Any items of evidence are collected and analysed. If necessary, they even undertake ballistic examinations because every firearm has a signature just the same as a fingerprint. They check for foot marks, shoe marks, tire mark impressions, hair, skin cells. Everything is examined. Now, I'm obviously not going to be committing or detecting any crimes. But I'm really struck by the parallels of that crime scene and the principle of exchange and an interaction between teacher and student because everything leaves a trace on both elements, the contactor and the contactee, the teacher and the student. It's not a one-way street. Information flows from the teacher to the student. Feedback flows from the student to the teacher. It's a constant stream. A duplex stream, if you like. See, every student teaches us to be better in the same way that we would teach them to learn and grow and to become better themselves. And that's kind of the point with this parallel with the criminal forensic stuff. I think we should be gathering evidence. We should reflect on the teaching day and what went right. What went wrong? Write this stuff down. What did you learn today? Did you get witnesses? Did you get testimonials? And if you do that, you can begin to spot the patterns and the trends and to learn from them. I think you can do this over three levels. The immediate level, the medium and the longer term. On an immediate level, you may learn how to nuance the expression of a teaching idea. Perhaps you'll come up with a particularly compelling form of words to express a concept or communicate. Maybe there's a metaphor that's sticky and useful and vivid. Maybe there's a story that you use today or something that you just invented on the day that would be very valuable going forward. Perhaps you drew a different diagram, produced a different graphic. Ask yourself what worked today and what didn't. What could I do more of, less of? What could I do different? What could I start or stop and learn from it? That's all evidence, so write it down. I think every teacher, every tutor should be using some kind of logbook for these great ideas and insights. For me, I have a file of facts open on the desk all the time. And I'll often say that's so cool, such a great idea. I just want to write that down and my students get it. In the medium term, you can review the data because you've written it down. It's not confused by your emotions or the rush of activity. You can look for sequences. You can look for recurring ideas and themes. You can look for stories that can be chained together. 
to develop a, a linked and extended metaphor even. Maybe it'll allow you to uncover a thesis, of a method to teach better. You can spot the beginnings of the patterns and much, much more. And over the long term, you can fully develop that thesis based on evidence. You can develop your theories, demolish them, rebuild them, test them. You can also help you to identify your raison d'etre, the reason why you teach. It can help you with your business growth and development, looking at your ancillary activities and the extensions to what you do. And more than that, at every single level, it'll allow you to understand how you left your students and your clients feeling. What was their experience of the interaction with you today, over the short term, and over a longer term, working collaboratively together to get them to where they want to go? I think it's a great opportunity to identify what it was you gave to them that was way beyond the basic business offering and to figure out what you learned from them. What insights did they give you? You see, when I transmit to a student my unshakable belief that they can play guitar and make music, that they're not defined by an offhand remark or moronic put down that happened decades ago, when they begin to believe in themselves, that's way more than the money I receive for sharing my love of guitar and music with them. Way more than the revenue of the business. And in return, what do I get? They affect me. They make me care more. Try harder. Get out of my own way overcome my fears and to help me to see beyond my own sense of limitation. Because if I can help them to become more, and I have a book full of evidence, then I, in turn, can use that evidence to increase the sense that I too can become more. The old cliche, teachers receive the best lessons is a cliche for a reason, because it's true. The exchange is always there, and the evidence, just like a crime scene, is all around. What I suggest we do is gather it, assess it, treasure it, and learn from it. What do you think? Let me know what you think. What do you learn from your students? What do you get that's more than the money? I'd love to hear from you because I'm here to learn from you guys as well as share what I've learned. So email me, it's info at neilcamado.com or hit me up on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcast. Meantime, like and subscribe to the Tutor Podcast, maybe even leave a review. If this is useful, then I'll be back next week with more ideas and more tips to help you to start, grow, and love your tutoring business as much as I love mine. I hope this podcast has got you thinking and has been some help. Until next time, 
Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.